The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today we're going to continue in Psalm chapter 101. As we started yesterday, let me give you a little bit of context here. As Saul is, excuse me, as David is penning these words, he's about to become king, the second king of Israel. And so he's about to take a really great responsibility, which he also recognizes as a great opportunity. And so what we see here is a list of things David said he will do. I will do this and I will do this or I won't do this, really, is a list of things. And so we mentioned yesterday that uh, the list we see here that David's got is a pretty high bar of expectations on himself. And yet we see in some of these things, we know David actually didn't do all of these well. And so it's easy for us to say, David failed, then therefore I shouldn't try this. I think we talked about Daniel yesterday, you know, Daniel purpose in his heart, they waited not to find himself. This is the premise behind it. If, if, we, if we plan to fail, we're going to, you know, we fail to plan. Or if we fail to plan, we plan to fail is how they say it. If, I'm not, if I don't choose today to say I want to act a certain way and go a certain direction and this is where I want to be for God, I'll never get there. Just, just kind of floundering saying, Lord, whatever, that's not, that's not going to get me where I need to be. So David says, I'm going to plan. I have a great opportunity. David also recognized that who he was as a person was going to establish what his kingdom would become how people were going to follow. He was a leader. And in that level of leadership, he was going to be obviously extremely influential, not only in the world economy around him and in his country's economy, but how his how the families in, in, in Israel were going to be. And, and the, he was going to establish this, and he was given an opportunity. So David comes and says, I recognize the opportunity ahead of me and the responsibility of which that carries. And so I'm going to pen these things before God and say, Lord, with your grace and your strength, I'm going to do these things. Many of us in today's day would say, I went to church and I made a decision for God. We understand that the decisions alone, you know, okay, I made the decision, I'll never do that problem again. No, the decision, what it does is it helps me to recognize a need in my life and that I'm going to strive to do something with it. And then today, tomorrow, the next day, I've got to do what I can to fulfill and, and to follow through with, with that decision. That's really the idea we see here today. So what we're going to see is some phenomenal principles in here. And please, again, it's easy, easy for us to say, well, I, I, I can't do that. David didn't either and yet was known as a man after God's own heart. I think the key we have to see here is not his actions, lack of, or failure in actions. What we see here is the heart of a man that said, this is my desire. And see, when he, because he had this kind of heart, when he failed in some of these areas, again, he was willing to take responsibility. And these are the things that meant what I believe that, well, reasons God called him a man after God's own heart. So Again, reviewing yesterday, we talked about his worship in verse 1, I will sing in mercy and judgment, and to thee, O Lord, I will, will I sing. Then in verse 2, he says, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. The idea of perfect is, is, is integrity. He's saying, I'm going to strive to be a person of integrity. Now, I will say, notice he says that I'll behave myself wisely himself kind of as he's being seen in his career in his job as position as a king but then he says the same thing in his own home he teaches i want to be a person of integrity and, and and honestly the simple premise of integrity simply is what you see is what you get i'm not different when i go home i'm not different than i was when i was at work or when i was when i'm at church you know i i am consistent and i think we can say that when we're right with god 
And that we're not harboring a sin, as, as he says in Psalms, we're not regarding a sin or hiding a sin in our life. And, and, and we're not perfect, please understand, but we're right with God. We can go to church and worship and be no different than we are at home. We don't need to put on a front. And I think this idea of religion puts that in front of us. I need to act a certain way and look a certain way and be religious at church and I go home. Or, or I need to put on a front at work where I'm not weird and religious and I'll go home and be different. And he's saying, listen, I want to be a person of integrity. Can I encourage us that that is, that is what our world needs to see is people of integrity. This, you know, we love God. This is who we are. We're not perfect, but we love God. I think our children need to see fathers and mothers of integrity. I think our churches need to see people of integrity that are going to say, you know, I, I'm going to try to work in perfection. I'm not perfect. I get that, but I want to be honest. And when I mess up, I'm going to take the necessary steps to do that. And when I have failed, I'm going to take responsibility and take the necessary steps to rectify that situation. That's, that's integrity. Integrity is not lack of failure. It's what am I going to do when I do fail? That's really what we're looking at. So he states that I want to do that. But then he states in verse 3, uh, he says, here's one of the ways that I'm going to do that. He has a list of things he says he's going to do to try and accomplish this. But verse 3 is one specific one. He says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Well, I was growing up, and I'd go to camp and different, hear different preachers. And every once in a while, you'd or bump into somebody who held a position that any Christian should not have a television. This is often the verse they'd run to, that I will set no wicked thing before my eye. And, and we always, you know, you know, anybody who understood, the, the TV itself was just electronics. It's not evil per se. And, and I think that if you held to that position of just electronics is bad, you struggle. Because now we can carry in our pockets a phone that can offer us so much more than the television ever could when we were growing up. So I think that, you know, what we have to do is we have to go deeper and dig down into the premise. He says, and simply this, he says, I will set. No wicked thing. He is simply stating that, one, he is king. He has a choice to kind of uh, put in front of him whatever he wants. And he says, because I desire integrity, because as I want to be wise, because I want to be mature, because I'm perfect, as he stated, because I want to be the king that God honors and, and that honors God. He said, therefore, I will choose not to set things in front of me that otherwise I probably could. You know, we, we live in a day where we, you know, we can grab our phone and go anywhere no one notices. And then we think, you know, we, it technically, I mean, everything we do on our phone can be traced. But um, we think we have a level of privacy. And so it all of a sudden kind of changes our world. And can I tell you, that's what he's saying. I will choose what I'm going to put in front of me. You know, I'm choosing who I'm going to watch. I'm going to choose who I'm going to listen to. I'm going to choose where I'm going to go. I'm going to choose what things, we'll, we'll talk in a second a minute about, he said, we'll talk next time about who he says, I'm not going to let me, who, who is not going to influence me, who will influence me, who will not influence me. He says here, I'm going to choose what will influence me. And because when I look at something, it becomes part of who I am because it goes into my mind. And in Proverbs, Solomon said, you know, keep thy heart or guard thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And so he says that I will guard what I bring into my life because it will establish my view of the issues of life. It will establish my view of, of marriage, my view of home, my view of everything. What I put in will affect who I become simply. So he's saying here, I will choose what... What I look at, choose what I allow to uh, get into my life and influence me, what I will read, what I will participate in. I will, set the, I, will not, I will choose not to set those things before my eye. Then he says this, I hate the work of them that turn aside. It should not cleave unto me. Those who have chosen to turn from God and go the wrong way, I hate the works of them. I love what he says. I don't necessarily hate them. 
I hate what they do. I hate their works. And, and it's simply the idea of, you know, I, I don't think that if I don't, someone doesn't agree with me 100%, I need to separate with them. We'll talk next time about I've got to be careful in the aspect of who influences and who doesn't. Having said that, we look at this passage and we say, I, I want to look at the things that other people are involved in and I hate them. I, in my job, I've been asked off and on, I'll give you one example, things like, you know, can we drink alcohol, things of that nature. And you can start studying scripture and people will this and God turn water into wine. And we, you know, we could spend forever debating that, to be honest with you. But, you know, from my perspective, here's one of my battles in my life, 21 years of doing this job. Generally speaking, I have never met anybody who has participated in this to sit back and said it was a great thing for them. Most occasions, uh, when I, by the time it gets to me, I'm listening to how these kind of things had destroyed lives. So I look at it and say, you know, to me, it's, the Bible says, why is a mocker? Why do it? Why? It's just so destructive. Why do it? And so to me, I look at this and I say, I hate the works of these things that have just destroyed lives. And so my advice is, no, stay away. It's not going to help you. There's a lot of other things you can have out there. And because I say it destroys lives. And now that, that's, a per, that's a, a, an application I'm giving. I'm not trying to preach against alcohol or anything. And I think I could. I think I'd make a case for that. But I think we look at this and say, why? Is it helpful? Well, no, it's not. And so when I look at these things, he goes, I hate the work. I hate how these things end up. I hate the end of this. He goes, so I'm going to choose to not just bring those things into my life because I don't need, I don't need the temptation. I don't need the battles. I don't need those things that can come and drag me down. And so the principle, you know, we can go to a million other things of, you know, what I'm going to not look at or do. And obviously the Holy Spirit's the one that does work in our lives to help us understand where we need to apply this. What we see here is the fact that he says, in a desire to be a man of integrity and to lead well and to honor God, I'm going to be careful what I allow to come into my life, what I allow to watch, myself to watch or look at or participate in. And he goes, because I hate I'm not going to watch these things say, I hate the work of these people. So I'm going to be careful that I'm not going to allow that to become part of my life and my family where it becomes normal. And so we, we will. We're careful. We, we, we establish guidelines that will help us. It's easy for us to sit back and say, well, I can't be perfect. You can't do this. Or this person says this is right. This person, you know, we, we can debate forever. Well, what people say, let me encourage you. This is not something that you come and say, preacher, what do you think I should do? This is where you spend time with God and say, Lord, how do I do in this? And most of us, the Holy Spirit already begins to speak. This is where we need help. This is a simple thing of saying, God, I want to I honor you. And I want to be a man or a woman of integrity to, to love my family, to, to love you and, uh, and serve you and allow you to, and to be usable by you. That's what he's striving for. He goes, I will strive to do these things. Again, remember, as we finish here, David was not perfect in this. As a matter of fact, he says, I will set in a wicked thing before my eyes. And then when he should have been at battle, he goes and looks and sees Bathsheba. Instead of walking away and saying, I'm not going to look at that, as he said he would do, he finds himself sinning or he chooses to sin with her. So please understand that David wasn't perfect in this. And so I'm not saying it's a license you're wrong. <clears throat> what I'm saying is we're not always going to be perfect in this. And so sometimes if I failed, well, what's the point? The point is today, I can't fix yesterday, but I can do better today. And I'm going to strive, Lord, help me today. And not let the past pull me down, but I can do better today. And we just keep striving and, and letting God do the work. This is not about me doing all these great things to be approved by God. This is allowing God to develop in me a heart for him, that I can grow to love him and I can become more like him. And yeah, I will choose to set these things aside as I grow in him. Well, thank you so much for taking time to join us on this Friday morning. 
and giving me a chance to, to share the Word of God with you. I pray, I pray that it was encouragement. I pray it inspired you, uh, that as we look at the Word of God, that uh, we're, we, it's not about a list of things we do and don't do. It's about how God works in our hearts to make us more like His Son, Jesus Christ. Again, we invite you to join us this Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the evening, here on property or online. And we hope you join us and hope we can be encouragement to you in that area. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time.